Well, this is Theology Refresh. I am Jonathan Parnell, your host today, and we're talking with Danny O'Valley, who is a bivocational pastor in New England. And there's a little bit of a different angle to this Theology Refresh. One is that uh, it's it's me, not David Mathis. I'm going to step in and do a ministry-angled Theology Refresh with Danny, um, and it's about bivocational ministry. So, Danny, if you could start us off, tell us, Great. what is bivocational ministry? Bivocational ministry uh, is um, is a Christian ministry where a pastor has two vocations, by bicycle to, to wheel, two vocations. So, in my context, I, uh, I am a part-time pastor of uh, First Church of Christ, although that's a misnomer. Part-time's full-time, full-time's overtime. <laughs> and uh, I also work uh, for a local um, planning agency. I do uh, transportation planning projects. So I work there uh, almost full-time. Um, and so I'm in two worlds, so I'm juggling. And, and in the planning world, I work uh, in conjunction with 15 communities. Mm-hmm. So I am, I am uh, just uh, uh, on a juggling scheme. And so... Um, and so the ministry uh, that takes place at the First Church of Christ is, um, uh, in the words of my friend Dave Herring again, uh, this work is spiritual, it's complicated, it's long-term. And the pace is significantly slowed down. And the advance is therefore, and this is not to limit God, uh, he, he's, he does everything at his own pace. He's not limited by my bo- bivocational world. But, but, but in so many ways, the pace is slowed down just mm-hmm. because of the sheer time or timeless factor. Yeah. And so uh, I think the, 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 real, um, the real struggle is in super-prioritizing the things that really need to be done. You got to really, I mean, you got to prioritize, I'm told by those who are in full time ministry, obviously, uh, but you got to really mega prioritize uh, in this context. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, one thing about uh, speaking about bivocational ministry, of course, we, some people, when we, we may have run into this question, or, or if you're listening, maybe you have before, at some point you will. It would be those really uh, kind of outside the church, maybe want to know. Why? What do you mean? Ministry is a vocation. How, why should pastors receive any kind of compensation? And sure. uh, to that, uh, you know, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, and his gang, of course, were bivocational, mm-hmm. and we see that example in the scriptures. And yes, in First Corinthians nine is actually the text maybe to, to pin to this this uh, refresh is that uh, Paul kind of lays out his argument for why ministers of the gospel um, have a right to receive compensation. And uh, he brings in the, uh, the text from De- uh, Deuteronomy 25 of uh, you shouldn't muzzle the ox while he treads the grain. It's a- as, as you're doing this work, you should be able to, to benefit from it. And yes. And so that that's the text here of the argument, and there's also the text in Galatians six six and in First Timothy five of uh, pastors being compensated and, and why that's right. But also in this context, in Paul's context in First Corinthians nine, he didn't exercise that right for the sake of the gospel, and uh, and so he said you can, but he didn't. And so therefore we have that you can. It's, it's totally okay if you're a pastor and you, this, yes. that's your vocation. Yes. But yet then of course it's also. Uh, okay and good uh, if if you're not so um in your context maybe you can tell us more about why you're bivocational like why in your context are you bivocational and what does that look like sure uh at the first church of christ again a uh, 330 year old uh congregation 
that has seen more robust days mm. in the past. So if you walk down our main hallway, you'll see these uh, pictures on the wall, uh, congregational pictures outside the front of the, the, the big pillars with the big white steeple, classic New England church. And in the 20s, uh, the congregation picture would span mm. the, the, the girth of the church. And multi rows, so several the, the, hundred hundred people. Okay, the people in front of the church, church. building when yes. the photo is taken. Okay. Photos, everybody face the camera, smile. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the congregation size was you know shoulder to shoulder, uh, you know eight or ten rows deep. There's mm-hmm. several hundred people there. Uh, in the in the in the thirties it's dwindling. In the fifties it's dwindling. In seventy five, the last family photo. There's uh, probably about 30 people there, and uh, out of the 30, there are only two grown men. Mm. So this mm. is a dwindling yeah. uh, situation. Uh, by, their, by, by, by the confession of the folks who've been there for generations, uh, miraculously they've said that they've lost the gospel. They mm. lost focus on God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the scriptures, and they're wanting to get back. Well, that's their assessment of that's, the situation. That's, as they look yeah. back, they wow. said that's, that's, you know, because I, when I was being uh, uh, interviewed by them and, and talking with them and fellowshipping with them, my biggest question is what happened? Mm. What do you think happened? Mm-hmm. And so it dwindled. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know, is that a picture of the dwindling uh, effect of evangelicalism in America? So some say yes. So it's dwindling. And then you're in New, New England. So it's not the Bible Belt. Once once was, you know, mm-hmm. the, hot, mm-hmm. the hot, you know, geographic area for the Puritans and, and the first wave of folks to come over that settled this congregation, you know, yeah. back in 1682. But over the uh, over the, the the years and the centuries, uh, it's dwindled. In New England, it's just a, it's a hard place. Right. There's not many Christians. You don't see many bumper stickers. There's not many Jesus fish on the you know on the, <laughs> on the back of the bumpers. And so the congregations, uh, by and large, in New England tend to be small. And so a lot of them they just don't have the money to pay for uh, somebody to be full time, right. as is the case here. So that's where that's where it's coming from on their side. But on my side, uh, you know, I'm called in to pastor and get to know a group of strangers. They're calling in a pastor who's in a long line. I think I'm, I, it might have been 10 years that they've been without a, a settled pastor. Tons of interims. Uh, but 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 it, and, and this congregation has kind of been like a. Um, you know, the foster children, but they don't leave the house. The parents are circulating around. And so, uh, you know, two, two total strangers are coming into connection to do the deepest heart work on the planet. After the honeymoon settles, uh, there, there's a lot of times there's issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, being bivocational, um, th- that's not a hindrance to me. So if they don't like what I'm bringing to the table and they ax me, then, you know, uh, my, my wife and children and, uh, you know, and the, and the benefits that I get from my full-time job are not affected. Right. So it also, it gives, it gives, it's given me an opportunity to ramp up with the folks at First Church, getting to know them and so forth and, and just laying things out clearly and explaining things. And um, so, so there's been a lot of benefit for, uh, as I think about the care for my wife and mm-hmm. uh, two daughters, just, just 
needing to be the provider and a, and a, and a, and a caretaker for, you know, some of the basic necessities yeah. of life. Well, Danny, there may be a lot of uh, pastors who listen to this podcast who are bivocational. I wonder if there's a, a word of encouragement that you would give to them. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, uh, pl- placard Jesus the Christ um, faithfully. Uh, as as the the hero and as our treasure, taste that in your own walk with the Lord. Um, you're not going to be able to give out what you don't taste and have. And um, placard him and uh, gossip him around. Um, and uh, one of the one of the of the verses of scripture that became really uh, helpful. Uh, to me in the first year uh, in, in this uh, work with the First Church of Christ from First Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul says, um, he says in effect that uh, because you've be- become so dear to us, we've longed to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own lives as well. And so my encouragement would be um, uh, placard Christ, serve people, love them, care for them, tend to them, uh, put out the fires. Uh, if it's a bivocational context, I'm in, in church revitalization, so that's a whole nother dimension of bivocational ministry. You could do bivocational as a church planter starting from scratch, and you're going to bring in, you know, new converts who are bringing, you know, flesh bags with them. Mm-hmm. So there's different issues, but I'm in a bivocational church revitalization project. And I want to share my life with these mm-hmm. people. I'm, I, I see them. You know, I, I said to some folks, uh, some of the some of the best ministry takes place in aisle seven of the local grocery store because I good. see them everywhere. Yeah, I see them at the post office. I'm doing life. I live there. I'm, I, I live in. I live among them. I work. I'm on when I'm doing tra- transportation planning. I'm on the road with a with an orange vest. And they all go tooting by, you know, and they become part of my traffic study. And then I'll see them over at the donut, Heavenly Donuts, you know, and then I'll see them at Market Basket, and then I'll see them in church. And so just pouring uh, my life into there. We're doing life together, and by the grace of God, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll die there. Yeah. And they'll be burying me down at the uh, old uh, burial grounds where the First Church of Christ began in 1682. Uh, There is buried uh, Zachariah Sims, the first pastor of First Church of Christ. So when I was called to pastor, I went down there. It's about about, about, uh, about a 10-minute walk from my house, and I'm standing over his grave and saying, Lord, what you started then, continue it. Glorify yourself. And would he ever think three hundred and fifty, you know, three hundred thirty mm-hmm. years later, there'd be some some dude from the projects in Chelsea standing over his grave, asking the God of all life to come and exhale again? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so uh, let's spend and be spent Amen. for Christ. Amen. That's beautiful. Could you close us in prayer? Yes, Father. Uh, it is a joy uh, to worship you in this conversation with uh, Jonathan and with those who are listening. We pray your near and dear, felt, known, tasted, experienced presence with your people. Ravish us, O oh Lord, in such a way that, uh, that you uh, continue to change us into the image and likeness of your Son. Thank you for what you're doing in Desiring God, Pastor John, and the whole team, and all that's going on there. We commit these things to you.
for your glory, for our good, and for the furthering of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.